the morning he was lying dead on one of the beds fully clothed he was dead i got the impression he wanted to go and i must have killed him i can't remember strangling him i just sat there shocked today's episode is a complete biography of Dennis Nielsen. He had committed a lot of horrific crimes in the 1980s and I hope to bring that to light. Nielsen became increasingly disturbed by his sexual encounters. which only seemed to reinforce his loneliness when they were over. He met his first young victim in a pub on December 29, 1978 and invited him home as he had on previous occasions. The next morning, overcome by a desire to prevent the young man from leaving, he strangled him with a tie before drowning him in a bucket of water. taking the corpse to his bathroom to wash it he then placed it back in his bed later remarking it that he found the corpse beautiful he attempted to have sex then spent the night sleeping next to the dead man he finally hid the corpse under his floorboards for 7 months before removing it and burning the decaying remains in his back garden so who was this dennis nilsen and why was he considered as the most revolting serial killer of his time to find that out keep listening Dennis Nilsson was a serial killer. He was born on November 23, 1945 in Fraserburgh, Scotland. His parents' marriage was an unhappy one, and as a result, Nilsson, his mother, and siblings lived with his maternal grandfather, whom Nilsson adored. Nilsson claimed that his beloved grandfather's unexpected death when he was just 6 years old and the traumatizing viewing of his corpse at the funeral led to his later behavioral psychopathology his mother went on to remarry and have four more children leaving nilson a withdrawn and lonely child at the age of 16 he enlisted in the army he became a cook serving as a butcher in the army catering corps learning the skill that served him so well during his 5 year killing spree upon leaving the army in 1972 he took up police training where he discovered a fascination with morgue visits and autopsied bodies in 1975 he took up cohabitation with david galishin in a garden apartment galishin and him had a homosexual relationship which lasted for 2 years 
But when Galician left, Nelson's life began a downward spiral into alcohol and loneliness, which culminated in his first murder 18 months later. Nelson increased his sexual encounters. The more sexual encounters he had, the more disturbing it got, and the more it seemed to reinforce his loneliness. After his first young victim in a pub on December 29, 1978, he encountered his second victim, a Canadian tourist, Kenneth Ockenden at a pub on December 3rd, 1979. Following a day of sightseeing and drinking which ended at Nilsson's apartment, Nilsson again succumbed to his fears of abandonment and strangled Ockenden to death with an electrical cable. He cleaned up the corpse as he did before and shared the bed with it overnight. He took photos engaged in sex and finally deposited the corpse under the floorboards, removing it frequently and engaging in conversation as if as if Ockenden was still alive. His third victim, some five months later, was Martin Dufay, a homeless 16-year-old who he invited to spend the night on May 13, 1980. As with his first victim, Nilsson strangled, then drowned him, bringing him back to bed and masturbating over the teenager's corpse. Duffy was kept in a wardrobe for two weeks before joining Okendon under the floorboards. Another one of his victims, a 24-year-old male, Malcolm Barlow, who was an orphan with learning disabilities, who was soon dispatched by strangulation. Nilsson had killed 12 men in the apartment of whom only four could be identified. Now, this is the most intriguing part that gives me chills every time I hear about it. So by the time Balu was killed, Nilsson was forced to stuff him under the kitchen sink. As he was rapidly running out of storage space, with half a dozen bodies hidden around the apartment, he was forced to spray his rooms twice a day to be rid of flies that were hatched from decomposing bodies. When neighbours complained about the smell, he convinced them they stemmed from a structural problems within the building. To get rid of the corpses, he would remove his clothing and dismember them on the stone kitchen floor with a large kitchen knife. Sometimes, also boiling the skulls to remove the flesh 
also placing organs and viscera in plastic bags for disposal he buried limbs in the garden and in the shed and stuffed torsos into suitcases until he could burn their remains in a bonfire at the end of his garden on occasions he would burn fires all day without raising any suspicion from neighbors he generally crushed the bones once the fire had consumed the flesh and the police found thousands of bone fragments in the garden during the later forensic examination In 1982 in a desperate attempt to stifle his homicidal behavior Nelson moved into a top floor apartment at 23rd Cranley Gardens Muswell Hill also located in North London which had no garden no convenient floorboards still unable to quell his impulses a further three victims were killed in this apartment Now the disposal of these bodies were a challenge however he overcame these obstacles by boiling the heads feet and hands then dissecting the bodies into small pieces that could be flushed down the toilet and disposed in plastic bags He came under the radar when one of the tenants called out drain specialist Dynorod to investigate a drain blockage. In the presence of the tenants, including Nelson, the technician discovered rotting human remains when he descended via the outdoor manhole. And it was decided that a full investigation would be conducted the next day. after which the police would be called into investigation nilson increasingly aware of the prospect of capture tried to cover his tracks by removing the human tissue from the drains that night but was spotted by the downstairs tenants who became suspicious of his actions nilson was met on the evening of february 9th by detective chief inspector j who informed him that they had wished to question him in relation to the human remains that had been discovered in the drains upon entering the apartment jay noticed the pervasive foul odor and asked nilson what it was about at which point he calmly confessed that what they were looking for was stored in bags around the apartment which included to dismembered heads and other larger body parts he was arrested immediately but at no point did he show any remorse and in fact appeared eager to assist the police with amassing evidence against him he wrote over 50 notebooks of his memories to assist the prosecution 
and also drew what he referred to as sad sketches which detailed his treatment of some of his victims Nelson's defense pleaded not guilty to all charges due to mental defect. The defense case relied primarily on a psychiatrist named Galvi who diagnosed Nelson as suffering from a false self syndrome. This entire case ended with the judge sentencing Dennis Nelson to a life in prison without eligibility for parole for at least 25 years Nelson died in prison in 2018 covered in his own shit